guys. Welcome to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. And this is the show where we talk about all things Taylor Swift. That's right. This is a show where two friends finally get to let their dedication to the number one pop artist of 2020, Taylor Swift, fly. We'll be discussing everything from song breakdowns, Taylor news, and our insane fan theories. So, Joe, what are we talking about today on this typical Tuesday? Uh, we got an insane fan theory is what, is what we got. Uh, we got my insane fan theory. Um so you might recall a couple of episodes ago, I floated the idea that we might have another saga on our hands with this album. Uh, that being a number of songs that weave together to form some kind of narrative. Um, in the past, we've done an episode or two uh, on the love triangle uh, between Betty James and Augusta, Augustine, however Taylor envisions her, um, which was normally conf- which was completely confirmed. It was a completely confirmed Easter egg thing that Taylor admitted and actually promoted rather heavily on Folklore. We've had almost no real confirmations from Taylor herself that there's like an overarching story um, or a linked story in Evermore like we did uh, for Folklore. But uh, Taylor herself did say uh, in a brief word on the album prologue, before I knew it, there were 17 tales, some of which were uh, are mirrored or are insecting with an, with another, as few, uh, as well as like there are a few random words she puts that says that uh, Dorothea is the protagonist of Tis the Damn Season. Uh, but the lack of confirmation confirmation of these theories will not stop our conjecture. Uh, and uh, over this weekend, I sat down with my and I analyzed the crap out of some songs. So. Uh, we are made aware that thanks to Tyler Swift's live stream Q&A, that while there is no direct continuation of the love triangle in this album, Taylor does believe that Dorothea went to the same high school as James and Betty, which points to her being a character that Taylor thought a lot about in the same vein as Betty, James, and company, and thus makes it viable that she has multiple songs on this album dedicated to her. So I come to you, dear listeners and Devin, with my Doro theory. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Dora theory. I'm so I mean, proud if of you it. Di- if you didn't make the joke, I would probably be mad. So I'm I'm happy that this this came out of that. That has to be the name of the episode. But yes. Like it, it just But I'm excited. Yes. You've been Dora Theory. <laughs> a, th- a theory about Dorothea. Um so I will s- Yeah, I'm excited I for this. I will say one. uh not long after the release of the record, a username named uh Sunflower Kid 999 uh posted a similar theory on Reddit. Um, I double checked it. I had no idea that this post was made when I started writing this. Uh, I mentioned it in our episode in our uh, first reactions that I thought there could be five songs that were connected. Um, according to the dates, it looks like we both came up with it uh, rather on the same day or at least talked about it on the same day. Um, but I just wanted to make it known like, hey, this person also came up with this theory. So. If other people are forming these opinions about this song as well, unprompted, I don't know if he listened to our episode or anything like that, um, but I think it only strengthens my argument, and I wanted to give uh, them a shout-out um, for this. So, before I... Uh, there are a minimum of three songs that are directly related to this story of this mysterious character, Dorothea. Uh, there could be more. Uh, I will talk about more, but I'm only definitely positive of three of them. So, in this essay, I will... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my Welcome TED Talk. Welcome to Joe's TED Talk. 
Uh, so I do believe the story of Dorothea tells the tale of a young woman who yearned for stardom and left her small town in search of fame, unfortunately leaving her young lover behind. The good news, she found it. She becomes a relatively successful actress or star. Uh, go Dorothea. Uh, the bad news, fame isn't everything. Oh my gosh. Uh, and in rare occasions, she ponders over what her life would be like had she just stayed at home with her love in her small town and lived a quote-unquote normal life. Uh, this is all but confirmed by Taylor in her Instagram post where she says, Dorothea, the girl who left her small town and chased down Hollywood dreams, and what happens when she comes back for the holidays and rediscovers her in an old flame when speaking about what Tis the Damn Season is about. So, I also believe that Dor the, the love of Dorothea and her lover uh, was strong enough that they tried to, uh, quote-unquote, make it work uh, as she left. So, but they... They knew that she was leaving for LA. He tried to, they tried to stay together and make it work while she was away. Um, but due, a due to a combination of fame, growing older, and the distance, it eventually broke the couple up. However, occasionally Dorothea will return to her hometown and always find her ex lover around and stay with him for a brief time, only to leave again. This happens until one year he decides that he doesn't like being used like this and decides to cut ties. So without further ado, uh, the songs that I believe are definitively a part of this saga are Gold Rush, Tis the Damn Season, and Dorothea. In addition, songs that I feel could be a part of this saga, but is a little bit on like sketchier, uh, is Coney Island and Closure. So before I go into those songs, what are your initial thoughts? So something that I just thought of, because I was just thinking in my head, what is what is this guy up to? That he's just, like, waiting around for her. Like, all right, well, I'm not going to date anybody else, or maybe I will date somebody, but then suddenly, whenever the holiday season comes around, that love interest just doesn't exist, and I'm free and open for Dorothea to come wreck my plans. So here's the bad part, is uh, another reason I'm so passionate about this is because I relate. <laughs> I am that <laughs> <laughs> and I was that not man. That I, not that I have a love interest that went and became famous or anything, but like there are definitely certain in love interests in my life that does feel very reminiscent of this, of like if I'm dating someone and it's not serious or something and they text or come around, uh, yeah, they'll wreck my plans and I'll, I'll have them come over or I'll talk to them or anything like that. And some of this so you're saying that you don't respect I, yourself oh my god that should have been clear from the get-go um, <laughs> no it this does hit pretty close to home and it, there's it's a wonder why tis the damn season is my favorite song on the uh on the entire record um but i mean it could just be like he's still wrapped up in her like it yeah he could be like he probably has a job but he didn't leave the hometown that much um but like he just he was so enamored with Dorothea and why wouldn't you? Her hair falls into place like dominoes. Um, <laughs> but like, he's so enamored with her. Like, yeah, like he never, he might, it might affect every relationship he's in. Like every relationship you're, you're good for now, but you're not Dorothea. And, and if she does come, I'll drop you. For, I'll drop you for her in a heartbeat, at least in the beginning. Um, and then it could just work out that anytime she does visit for the holidays, he's readily available. But that is a good point. And this poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, seriously. Um, so we can start. Let's go into the songs. Um, so the first song, I'm going to go in cr- story chronological order, not album chronological order. So the first song chronologically is, I believe, Dorothea. Um, appropriately so. It's the name of the main character. However, it's not from her point of view. Uh, this song is not long after Dorothea leaves town, so I don't think we ever get a view of them together, uh, like in in like a high school. And like we mentioned with this album, folklore is a very high school album. This is a very much more mature post high school album. So we don't get anything of them together being happy in high school, really, except for like a sh- few short nods. Uh, but this song, I, I will say, I hesitate to say while her and her flame are still more or less together. I believe this is before they break up. Uh, just generally be happy tone of the narrator and the positive vibes they're giving off about Dorothea. He kind of feels like he thinks everything is going to be okay. There's no like turn. There's no depression. There's no negativity really about her. Um, the narrator refers to uh, her getting new shiny friends, which is like a, a pretty mildly positive way to describe them, especially when they're later referred to as quote unquote so-called friends by Dorothea and Tis the Damn Season. And he even ends it by saying, like, I got nothing but well wishes for you. Um, I don't think they see each other much. There's probably a call here and there to make it seem like they have some communication. The lines that say, uh, ooh, this place is the same as it ever was. Ooh, but you won't like it that way. It feels like like they're on a call. They're catching up a little. Like, how's hometown? Oh, it's the same as it ever was. Like, you never, you don't like that. You don't care. How's your new blah, blah, blah. But like the things that just connect, a tiny screen's the only place I see you now. Very obvious talking about Dorothea being a, a, a mild celebrity. Um, and, but then he also says, it's never too late to come back to my side. And that line's a little iffy. It means they could have broke up, but, um, I think they're still trying to make it work. And he's just saying it's never too late to come back and be here in the hometown. You could do that. Um, mm-hmm. but what do you think? Cause you, you put yeah. a, a trademark Devin note here. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. So, I mean, based off of that line, I personally think in the whole vibe of the song that they broke up just because of sheer distance. You know, I've had a couple friends who are on opposite sides of the world that it's just not going to happen. You know, we should break up because it's a mature thing to do, but they still have love and respect for one another, a.k.a. they're still friends with nothing but love. Like, it didn't end maliciously. It just ended because it kind of had to. I think it's one of the situations that... You know, if the situation was different and you were still here, it would, would work. But we don't want the same end things. Like, you don't want to be in this small town, and I do. Like, it's very mature. He's not really jaded about anything at this point yet. So that's my perspective of it. I definitely think that could be the case. Um, just like it's, like you said, like, there are uh, – I've never seen them, but there are healthy breakups. <laughs> and there are breakups where people stay friends and like they do just have nothing but well wishes for each other. And that could be the case that we're seeing here. Um, And it could make like the rest of the songs being a slow descent into slowly hating her from being from liking her, which is uh, even more tragic. <laughs> so I do like that perspective. I think that could definitely be the case. 
he says like some more things about her. Like I said, he just keeps going on and on about how positive, nothing but good things to say about her. He says the stars in your eyes shine brighter in Tupelo, which I think is how you pronounce that. Tupelo. Tupelo. She says it in the song. Yeah, I can. I never hear it. I literally never hear it. I shine don't know what's brighter wrong with in Tupelo, and if you're ever tired. I thought I kept thinking. I, I, I never put like the lyrics I hear and the lyrics I read together. So that's a me problem, and I'm very dumb. Uh, so I, there, a lot of people have been pointing out that this is, could be a reference to Tim McGraw, which is the more I think about it, the weirder it is. Cause Tim McGraw is in Georgia and Tupelo, Tupelo is in Mississippi. So like, okay, they're Southern States. Why, why do they have to be together? But the, the stars in your eyes shine brighter. And then Tim McGraw saying, um, the way my blue eyes shine put those Georgia stars to shame. People have also used this line to speculate that Taylor is actually Dorothea, which I mean, Taylor is kind of in that same vein. She lived in a small town, moved to a, a big city, uh, became famous. Could be. Yeah, I I read the theory that this whole like Dorothea is Taylor and that, you know, she is talking about her love interest from um, Drew teardrops on my guitar like drew and something like that or someone else with tim mcgraw i hope you think like that love interest i've also seen things about dorothea being about selena gomez i've seen a lot of things but i like i like the fictional character aspect i think with how much she is harping on this fictional character thing it is 100 a fictional character if you're a writer if you know a writer and you read anything by writer they so clearly take things that their friends have done or that they've lived through. They're going to inject their own experiences in it because the number one rule you learn in creative writing classes is write what you know. So, and if you don't know it, learn it, then write it. (laughs) So clearly she's going to draw, she's going to write and draw off of things that she's lived through or that her friends have lived through because she knows that subject. So, Tupelo is the sixth largest city in Mississippi, the birthplace of Elvis, which also means that Dorothea grew up and went to school in Mississippi, I guess, Um, which is weird because she says that Betty and James and them all went to the same high school. But like, why were there like northeastern South Saltbox houses in this area? Why are they near all of these New York landmarks like the High Line and Coney Island and all of that stuff? It's just is a little conflicting, a little no, conflicting. Unless it's just they, it it could be one of two things. It could, it could be number one, it's fiction. It could be number two, uh, they took a road trip up to New York, or not even a road trip, like a class trip up to New York, because I guess if you live in Mississippi, seeing a real big city might be like a field trip worthy thing. Could do a summer in New York, York or, or something, something like along those lines. Yeah, like. There are there are ways that we can finagle mm-hmm. it to make the story work our, our, in the way that we want it to. But then we go down. If you're tired of if you're ever tired of being known for who you know, you know you'll always know me. Like I said, this is extremely bright eyed and bushy tailed. Love that phrase, so I had to put it in here. But mm-hmm. it's just a very positive vision of what their relationship is or was. Uh, even ooh from you, I'd buy anything. Like it, there's just there's it's just spewing with positivity towards this woman that like. I don't know. Even if we ended on good terms, I think maybe this says something about me. I don't think I'd be this positive about my ex going off and like being so like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just petty. Well, in the, 
in the I don't know if it's the bridge or not, but when he says, um, "Are you still the same girl soul I met under the bleachers?" But I'll never know, and you'll go back to the show. It is that kind of moment of maybe like, oh, I don't know about this, but oh, you'll—it's never too late. Like it's a blip in the the optimism. So that's the beginning that. of the descent, I think, of the doubt that starts to creep in. I think um, that it's also interesting, and I, I think we noted this when uh, when I was going through the notes on these songs. But there's so many references to her other her other things, like "You Belong with Me" under the bleachers. Like that's gonna be another episode. <laughs> Love my Easter eggs. Yeah, we, we are going to have to go through a bunch of them because I found so many doing this. This was such a fun analysis to do. That was all I really found in Dorothea, though. Dorothea is, pr- I think, a very self-explanatory song. I don't need to fight mm-hmm. that it's about Dorothy. <laughs> um, it's interesting. The only the only thing is, is, yeah, we don't know exactly are they still together or do they just have one of the best breakups imaginable, which, again... It could be this song is about endings, so every every album or this entire album is about endings. So it could be just like the mm-hmm. ending. It could be the ending of her living in her hometown, but not the ending of the relationship. It could be the beginning of the end of the relationship. But either way, what my my idea before Devin came in and and sh- uh, hit me with some like interesting facts that might have changed my opinion, um, I think Gold Rush, the next song, is where they definitively break up. Um, mm-hmm. So the overall theme of Gold Rush, very obvious, is jealousy. Uh, there is a lot of speculation and theories around this, but in this case, I believe the song is from the point of view of Dorothea's hometown lover again, uh, shortly after she left for L.A. and struck gold. So I think she – I think you mentioned this. Um, actually, tell me what you think because I think this is you, – you made a good yeah. point about this. So I think in terms of the connection between Dorothea and Gold Rush is that in Dorothea, she's beginning to have her luck turn around, like getting ad placements in magazines, makeup sponsorships, but she hasn't really gone global, so to speak. So he's still kind of ignorant about the attention around her. He's still really optimistic about it, proud of her even. But as time passes and this amplifies into like certain celebrities, like that kind of attention where it's more like A-list, that's where the jealousy kicks in because now everyone would die to feel her touch. She's not just some D-list celebrity like only a few people know about. She's this big name that people know about. Like people are breaking into her Rhode Island home to just sleep on her bed. Also, it's just a quick side note. That's isn't that what you hear about every story of someone breaking into a celebrity's home? They fall asleep on their couch or something. Why is that all? Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, so Gold Rush. Uh, the lyrics that stand out to me to that make me believe that this connects to the overarching uh, story. Uh, I don't like that anyone would die to feel your touch. Everybody wants you. Everybody wonders what it would be like to love you. Basically, the whole chorus. Yeah, uh, we're gonna. This is the best part. Is like. We both love a majority of the songs in this. Uh, we both love the majority of songs in this album. Um, <laughs> so the lines that uh, so these lines like all showcase a jealousy that spans the entirety of the song. There are a lot of theories that seem to think this song is from the hometown's citizens perspective. Like all of the people that live in that hometown are just jealous of this woman who broke out and made it big. But I don't know, like the what, like it just seems way too personal and from like a singular narrative for me to to take that 
Um, but it's clearly depicting someone who doesn't like the fact that someone is garnering so much attention from the masses due to fame. But why would someone care? Why would anyone care? Uh, it would make no sense to me for this person to be just another fan yearning for Dorothea or someone who is not already romantically involved with her, which leads me to the only natural conclusion. The narrator has to be the ex-lover uh, or current, uh, depending on where you are in the song, uh, mulling over their relationship with her. Uh, the song feels like it is either the exact moment her lover realizes that he doesn't want this relationship anymore or him reminding himself after they had already broken up why the relationship is over and why he ended it. I do believe, though, that this is uh, in media res. I've used that phrase a couple of times because it's one of my favorite things I've learned, uh, meaning in the midst of things, uh, because the next lines, uh, and I think we're going to get another explicit tag on this one, so I'm really sorry, but um, the next lines uh, are repeated twice through the, the song is, at dinner parties, I call you out on your contrarian shit the first time, and then the second time, at dinner parties, I won't call you out on your contrarian shit. So these ones really kind of, make me think they broke up in this middle of this song. Uh, the two changing lines, uh, the, the first one, they have to be still together, but right before it ends, the first half of the song depicts someone who is still invested in the relationship, actively interjecting and being a part of these dinner parties. So if they stay together in Dorothea, or even it again, makes it a lot worse if they weren't together and she would drag him to these dinner parties because she, she he was her only friend that she really truly loved and cared about. She would drag him to these coastal cities and like all this stuff to go to dinner parties with her. And he still felt so highly of her. Like, like when she would make a, an LA opinion or something, he go, oh, okay, okay. That's not what you said in Tupelo, but whatever. Um, like he would get engaged. He would be involved and he would go and talk to these people and he would support her and love her and show how much he cared by interjecting into these conversations. But then uh, there are a lot of things behind this. And personally, I believe the strongest relationships exist when couples love and trust each other enough to call each other out on things without fear that it's going to cause a fight. Like the, the, the most healthy thing is to be able to say, Hey, Hey, no, no, no. And no, not in for you're sleeping on the couch that night or you're like in the doghouse or anything like that. But either way, I think those show that it's a really good light. And I think it's important because that first time it's followed by and the coastal city town we wandered around had never seen a love as pure as it signaling that even when with him calling her out at these dinner parties, it's still readily available, not just to them, but to everyone at that party that they're still in a loving relationship and their love is pure and secure, uh, which is a new trademark for say, phrase that I came up with. Um, then the second time the line is changed to uh, to say and the coastal towns we never found, which means leads me to believe in the first instance they were visiting coastal town for a party. The second the narrator is noting that he realizes he'll never actually be able to settle down with Dorothea in the way that he wants in a small coastal town or like getting her to stop moving around, stop being a big pretty. Uh, he he's realizing it, it's gonna end. And I think that's where it does. He he says um, it, he says that they're breaking up, and the second time just shows that he doesn't care anymore. He's not mentally there. He doesn't care to call her out on her on her anymore. Uh, it's just whatever. Yeah, sure. Attitude that he has up towards the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I redact my statement earlier about them breaking up in Dorothea because this makes a lot more sense. It's like you physically see the switch that I care about you and now it's just kind of and 
you know, I don't know about you, but I've experienced this when you just feel someone that's not invested in anymore and you don't really, like, you kind of notice, but not enough to really affect you in a way. But it's like, oh, that's not good. Okay. Well. It's so, it's so then... interesting because I've had it happen to me a couple of times where, like, I go to break up with someone who I feel, it feels like we're both in the same way. And you you go, hey, like, look, I know you've been feeling it too. I think we should break up. And they go, what? Like, they're floored by it. They don't. Both sides. They don't see it the way that you did. And it's it's insane. And I feel like that's exactly what happened here. Because I think the, a lot of the themes with Dorothea, she's so wrapped up in herself that she didn't even notice that he doesn't care anymore. Um. So the rest of the lyrics definitely feel more focused on her fame, the same theme of jealousy. The verses also contribute to the before and after the breakup. In the before, we see I'm my padding across your wooded floors, my Eagles t-shirt hanging from your door. Uh, still in the midst of the relationship, the shirt on the door indicates they are still together. Um, and I have a lot to say about that Eagles t-shirt, but we'll save that for the actual episode. Um uh, then he goes into this the second time we do we do this uh, verse. My mind turns your life into folklore. I can't dare to dream about you anymore. This feels so post breakup. Uh, th- the thought of her is painful. It's rele- he's relegated her life and their relationship to his story, and which which I think is like is one of my favorite points that I I keep thinking about is like that my mind turns your life into folklore when when you meet up with a friend or he meets up at a friend at a bar and they go, Oh, what ha- whatever happened to you? And so-and-so you tell that story so much. It becomes so rehearsed that it becomes its own folklore in a way. It becomes your own personal folklore. And that person doesn't exist as a person anymore. That person is now just that story. They have not grown. They have not changed. They are the exact same words that you use to describe that exact same person. Every time they're brought up to you. And that's such a powerful image in my head and uh crushes me to my very core yeah, yeah. big oof big oof over big here oof. i think there's a country song that does something like that like it don't hurt like it used to or something where like grab another friend tell the story again like every single time he's telling the same story of this relationship uh and yeah you're just turning a person into a story and it's hard so then we get on to the de facto best song in the album um <laughs> So this is the third one. This is the last one that I'm 100% sure is confident is the part of it. I don't think I really need to argue that all three of these songs are in it. It seems rather clear. Gold Rush is the only one that like Taylor hasn't even mentioned has Dorothea. Taylor herself has said tis the damn season is Dorothea. But we have two songs about a famous person going away. And then we have a song about someone being jealous of fame. It kind of makes sense. They have to be linked. Um, so this is the last one that is a de facto. This is if we had another trilogy like we did in the last one, this would round out the trilogy. It's just a damn season. And f- interestingly enough, this is the first time we have Dorothea's point of view. We never. I think it's so interesting too. We never see Dorothea's personality. We see her through these rose-colored eyes of this lover in Dorothea, and even in in um. We don't get that, like what her personality is like in Gold Rush. So, uh, as mentioned earlier, this song was confirmed to be about Dorothea, from her point of view even, and the picture we get from it is not great. Uh, <laughs> we start off the song immediately showing that Dorothea is not the most loving, caring, or even easy to like person. 
she says the first line of the song, if I wanted to know who you were hanging with while I was gone, I would have asked you. Like, who says this? Hold your horses, Joe, because I think the contrary. You know, she comes back to town and if implied correctly, her lover or ex-lover immediately divulges who he's been seeing or a friend's like hey your old boyfriend's been seeing so and so like she doesn't want to know that that's rude like if she wanted to know she would have asked it's just like it's a little thing that stings that's interesting you take it differently than i do then because i don't see it as him telling her the the girls he's hanging around i tell i see it as like i don't know if about you i think we both fall in the same camp of we don't talk to anyone from high school really but whenever someone, whenever you do end up meeting someone from high school and they go, oh, you know how so, like, Ricky's over there and Bobby's doing this. And, like, and you're just like, I could give a crap about who, what Ricky and Bobby are doing. Like, I think he's just talking about the guys that he used to hang out with or, like, the friends they used to have or the, the old gr- cliques they ran in. And she's like, dude, I left here for a reason. I don't give a crap about them. There's a reason I only talk to you. I don't want to be around those people. I don't want to be associated with those people. I don't care. And I think she's just being rude. You I do see, think, yeah. You see her as a lot more jaded than I do. I don't like her. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, yeah. I mean, that is a good point. If, if it is, if it is, I mean, it can point him in a bad light. I mean, yeah. The first thing you're seeing is your ex and you go, well, I slept with X, X, Y, Z, but like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Think about, think about the next line that comes after it. You know, it's the kind of cold, fogs up windshield glass, but I felt it when I passed you. Like, imagine, so she comes back home, she, someone figures out, like, or someone tells her, hey, like, you know, your, your ex-boyfriend's been hanging out with this girl. You, like, pass her or him, and, like, you just feel this, like, sense of cold and shame. It's like, you know, I didn't want to know. I just, I would have asked if that's the case. I hate this. Doesn't that line remind you of All Too Well, too? Mm. All Too Well, God. part five, six, however Jeez. many songs connect to this song. But oh yeah, All it's right, the continue. willow tree. Hmm. No, that's a good point, though. Uh, I will say it is clear when Dorothea left and became famous, something changed in her. She does not care for her hometown. There's a reason she left. She does not care about the people there, as noted by what she says. But she oddly does care about this one person. Yeah, which, I mean, we both said it can really. Like, I talk to less than a handful of people from my hometown. I'm not even famous in the slightest. I just don't. I never really garnered a connection between people that I wanted to continue on. Because I really didn't know myself either, which is a great indication of Dorothea not really knowing herself until she left. So it's like the people back home really don't know who you are at your core, except for maybe one or two people, including her ex-lover. When I left high school, I think I deleted a majority of the friends that I had from high school on Facebook. Uh, I high school me even recognize me now. Um, so I yeah, like I there was a um, reunion. I just didn't go because it was just like I don't I don't know any of you and you don't know me. So why why do this? Okay, so then there's the the next line, and I went line by line on this one because like I, like this song, like I said, I've divin I've divin. Deep. <laughs> uh, there, the next line. There's an ache in you put there by the ache in me. There's a little high level here, but obviously this refers to something Dorothea did, hurting her ex who she's singing about. A couple of un- things to unpack here. Number one, Dorothea is making this about herself. Not great. I can't argue with you there. Okay. 
she sucks. Uh, number two, her ache to get out of her hometown is what I'm assuming the, her, the ache she's referring to. Uh, and leave it all behind, him Happiness. included. Could, yeah, could be what put the ache in him. So, like, she had to leave. She had this ache in her body that I don't want to be here. It hurts to be here. I want to get out. And then that ache gave him an ache because now the one thing that he loves is gone. So we go, we then get into the chorus, which paints the picture of the story so far. So Dorothy has come home from the holidays, ran into her own old flame and decides to play house for the weekend, letting them relive the time letting, which is the big word here, letting them relive the time when they were together. Although it awakens thoughts in her that maybe she made the wrong decision in leaving for LA. Uh, there's another line that then says, uh, you, you can run, but only so far I escaped it too. remember how you watched me leave. So this line maybe shows that her ex might've moved a bit out of town because you can run, but only so far while I ran all the way. Um, it could be that she could run, uh, so far away from her hometown, but he's still that link that's pulling her back. As she says in the song, it always leads me back to my hometown, you and my hometown. Um, it could be referring also to the few times they went out together to a coastal town dinner party and things like that. We ran only so far and then you went back to your place, but I was still running. I escaped it. And every time we left those parties, every time I left the hometown, you watched me leave. It does remind us though, Dorothy, the town and him behind. She then goes on to say, I won't ask you to wait if you don't ask me to say, so I'll go back to LA and the so-called friends. So Dorothea, despite wondering the whole time if she made the right choice and loving being around her ex in this quasi-relationship bubble, knows damn well she was using him to feel this way with no intent on staying. I do not like Dorothea. All right. So I have comments. So how are you going to gloss over the entire line, I won't ask you to wait if you don't ask me to stay? This is clearly an issue of neither one of them confessing to the other one how they truly feel inside. What I'm thinking, she wanted to leave, pursue her dream, but she also loved him and wanted him to stay like, no, don't go, stay with me, I love you. Like she wanted him to confess his love for her and fight for her. But at the end of the day, him being the supportive guy I'm going to assume him to be was like, no, like, chase your dreams. Like, I'm not going to hold you back. But also just being secretly sad about it. Like, I, I want you to stay. Meanwhile, he's thinking like, well, you know, why didn't she ask me to wait for her? Like, I would have waited for her, which confirms for me, throwing it back, they did break up before she moved. I love how bipolar about this you are. You've switched from when they break up like a thousand times. And that's the thing is, I don't think it is definitive where they break up. I Because like I said... Um, they could have broken up with Dorothea and this is just a slow descent into him hating her. Uh, and and this song, I think, is the, the finale of that in a way. Um, and then Gold Rush, like I said, is him reflecting on the beginning of that breakup. And, and that's the even worse part is Gold Rush them breaking up before they left and her still dragging him to coastal tar parties to be, to be flaunt around his arm candy and him knowing we're not together. But I'm the only thing she like she trusts and loves and that's why he's she's too nice. bringing me. Yeah, and he's too nice. Um we'll we'll, we'll come back to this later cuz I, I have a I have a little bit of a rebuttal. But that's a good point. I won't ask you to wait if you don't know I mean to say. This is a this is a thing of like it's so interesting cuz there are times like that where like I've seen it happen with a really good people who are like I want to do the right thing. And I think this is a How I Met Your Mother thing. where yeah, You're um, both too prideful. With Victoria, when she wants to go to Germany. And Ted's like, 
well, I can't just ask you to stay. I can't ask you to give up on your dreams. And then, like, in the moment, he's like, all right, stay. And when he says stay, she's like, I have to go. And he's like, what is happening? <laughs> like, um, it could be, like, one of those situations. Like, you want to be the better guy. You don't – even though it hurts you, no, I'm putting you before me. But the, but she's saying, I want you to put – I want you to put us before me. Like, like it, it could just be, like, a lack of communication, which I believe wholeheartedly. I don't think they're very good, especially when they're that young. When they were that like tis the damn season, is I definitely think a lot later. I think they're mid twenties, late twenties, probably. Oh yeah, even thirties. Even thirties, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think this is the first to be back for the holidays and done this at all. Um, so then we get to the next line. Uh, I wonder, and I wonder about the only soul who can tell which schmas I'm faking, and know my the heart I'm breaking is my own to leave the warmest bed I've ever known. So first hot take, it but it has to be said. Tis the damn season's bridge is better than champagne problems. It is, and I'm tired of pretending it's not. It just is. It's so good. Mm. It's so good. Are you agreeing with me? I don't know. They're both really high. We'll co- we'll I come just, back. I'm trying to remember the entire bridge. No, champagne problems. I don't know. I really like Tis the damn season's bridge, but champagne problems That's, just has like an entire story that goes through. Smile, I'm faking. Listen, listen. To leave the warmest bed I've ever known, tear shed every time. I know. I know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I need to reflect with my We'll thoughts. come back to this when we do the song breakdown, uh, which is Champagne Problems is next. So that's fun. Uh, so then second, Dorothea clearly knows that she loves him. She says like she says she likes no one in L.A. No one in L.A. knows her like he does. She doesn't like anyone in L.A. like she likes him. And then she turns it around like, ho-hum, woe is me. I'm breaking my own heart here. Like, just stay. The only person stopping you from being happy is you. You sound like my therapist right now, Joe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <sighs> Take this advice. But there's, there's a great comedian. Mike Rabili does a joke where, like, he has this girlfriend who's, like, keeping him a secret. And she's like, God, I just wish it could just be you and me. And he's like, you know, you have the power to do that. Like, she's, like, sitting here saying, like, I'd love to be together, but the boy's in corporate. <laughs> like, like, she has the power to be like, hey. And not only that, she's, like, every power. She's rich. She's famous. Mm-hmm. Like, all this stuff. Like, what can't she do? Just like, and it's just, that's what pisses me off the most about her is she's making it like it's this problem she can't solve, but it's so easy to solve. She just doesn't know that yet. She doesn't have, she doesn't have the emotional maturity, it seems, to recognize that. that. And she's, yeah. So she's just, she's young. She's naive. She just doesn't know what she wants yet. She's given this fame that she's never seen before. She's getting swept away with it, especially because she is relatively younger so she doesn't know all this stuff she probably hasn't had to reflect upon it until we get to a later song we get to a couple of later songs so this is where uh this song obviously takes place after gold rush i would say if we're only counting the three songs this is the third chronologically in the story this is the finale but it doesn't really give us any closure uh no um it it ends with her leaving again and him brokenhearted and we could say that's where the story ends. That'd be a really uh, soul-crushing way to end the story. Not to say that it gets any better. Um, but can we stretch this a little bit farther? I think so. So the next Let's song, the next song I think could be a part of this. I don't think, like, like I said, those are set in stone, definitely all tied together. These are a little bit more loose. I think closure could be a part of it. And I think closure is the next, uh, the next 
what's the word I'm looking for? The next chronological chapter in the chronological chapter in the story. Uh, this might be. I will start off by saying this might be a loose connection, mostly because this song is just so generic. Uh, I feel like it can literally be applied to anything, and because of that, I'm applying it here. Uh, <laughs> we've actually had some people reach out to us and ask, like, do you think this could be Augusta's point of view uh, after James tried to reconcile with her? And that could definitely be the case. Like, but like, like I said, like this song is a very generic situation. And I can apply to so many different things that I think Taylor, when writing it, definitely pulled pieces of everything. But there are a couple of lines that make me think that it could be a Dorothea story. Um, <laughs> so this is from the Old Flames point of view again, which I think is really interesting that we get so few like point of views of Dorothea, which I think could say a lot about it. I think Taylor Swift knowing that like, there are a million stories about her and so few stories that she gets to tell, um, mm. which I think is an interesting thing to point out here. Like we're getting all of these like secondhand accounts that aren't from herself, but I will say the one we get from her don't make her look great anyway. Um, so we start off seeing the shape of your name still sells out pain. If she got famous, which which we do think so, this dude has to see her name everywhere and every time it hurts. Like, mm -hmm. it not even I, – I think, for one, this song is about a man receiving a letter and then probably a follow-up, uh, either seeing her in person, a phone call or something. And seeing her name on the letter could be where this means. Uh, but, I mean, it could also probably like, – you're famous. Your face is splattered everywhere, and seeing it has got to kill. Uh, I can't dare to dream about you anymore. That's a huge line. There's a lot of lines that kind of tie to it. Um, I can't dare to dream about you anymore is from from um, Gold Rush. From Gold Rush, yeah. So like, it's he can't Relating see her name. That. Yeah, uh, it wasn't right the way it all went down. That's so generic. That could apply to mm -hmm. any breakup whatsoever. But like, I think it refers specifically to Tis the Damn Season because I think Tis the Damn Season was the straw that broke the camel's back. And she had done it a couple of times, but it was this last time where she's like, we could call it even. You could call me babe for the weekend. Like, she's, like, giving him these, like, oh, I'll let you call me babe. We'll call it even. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what did he even do? Like, mm -hmm. we know you left. We know that he broke up with you. Maybe that's what he's calling it even. But, like, there's nothing. Granted, again, like I said, we're getting all his perspective, very few of hers. So we might not hear anything bad that he might have done but she's blaming him too for nothing from what we can gather so he's sitting here like you're making it seem like we both equally hurt each other like you literally did everything you left you dragged me to these parties uh if you dragged me to these parties after we broke up or even when we were still together you refuse to come home and settle down. Like, all of this stuff, like... And he's just reading this letter, like... Or he's finishing Tis the Damn Season, like... I'm sick of this. I'm done. And she wrote this letter because she realized that, like, she hasn't heard from him in a while. And she she's curious about it. She wrote this letter. And so, after Tis the Damn Season, he's ignored it. He's just he's like, that's it. No, I'm done. Completely done with her. Don't treat me like some situation that needs to be handled. I feel like this could be a nod to her being so busy and famous. Like this fight or all the issues they had were just so trivial to her because 
at the end of the day, oh, I got like meetings. I got to fly to, uh, to Paris or I got to I got to do this for this photo shoot or like all this stuff. We'll we'll handle this fight later. Like you're you're just some matter I need to figure out down the line. And he's just he's dealt with it before. He's not happy about it. Uh, there's another line that I'm a little hesitant about, but he says, I'm fine with my tears, my beers, and my candles. I do want to point out here, uh, part of me does want to point to, uh, Taylor has specifically, we, we mentioned specifically used the, the phrase riding on your skateboard to I, like a traditionally male item slash activity to show that the narrator is male. Uh, and, and we did like, we went back and forth at the girls can ride skateboards and they can, I've seen it. They can do it better than I can. Um, but she came out like against Jack Antonov was like, James is a boy. These are the gender norms that I'm setting Jack. (laughs) And and she, yeah, she, so it, it, I think she does this occasionally Well, she'll, she'll try to gender things to make you kind of get a better point of view of what's going on. So beer is generally drunk by men not really i don't want to like perpetuate gender norms but when you think of beer you think of beer a man drinks beer a woman drinks wine um or white liquor or clear liquor but you get what i'm saying the candles does kind of cancel that out though even though i will say as a man i i love me a good candle but my boyfriend loves beer and candles let me tell you that so like that's the thing is like this song everyone's thinking about it as a point of view from Taylor herself or from a, from a girl I get from the get go, maybe because it's in my own head and I am a guy, but I've heard it from the point of a guy. Um, so the next line, I can feel you smoothing me over again. They're so generic, but like it's so easily shown in Tis the Damn season that Dorothea is manipulative and good at convincing her old flame to go out with her. You can call me babe for the weekend. You, if you let me hang out, you can act like we're really together and everything kind of a manipulative move not great not a fan and like he's been through it a million times oh well if we go to this dinner party like we can like you can like hang on my arm and and we can go back to like the old days when we were together and everything and he's just he's seen it so many times he's over it he he's done uh this one i think is the next line is the biggest one for me is i know i'm just a wrinkle in your new life can be generic but Dorothea left her old life to be famous. He is the only part of her old life that is still around. He is that wrinkle. He is that one thing that sticks out like a sore thumb in her life, and she can't get rid of it. And he knows that. He knows, I'm just a wrinkle in your new life. You drag me to these parties, I don't fit in here. I don't fit in in Hollywood. I just fit in in Tupelia, Mississippi. That's where I belong. Tupelo. Tupelo. I'll never get it right. I'll never get it right. I'm very sorry to the to the sixth largest city in Mississippi. Staying friends with Iron and out so nice. Dorothea seems to know that this relationship part is over, but she does like that's what like she sent her. She's trying to get closure. She wants to stay friends, but she does she doesn't want to lose the only person she's ever loved. She wants to stay friends, but even that ship has sailed. He's just completely done because that's the other thing you mentioned what is this guy doing waiting for her all around he probably realized like dude like betty sue over here is this lovely girl who loves me and i've just been pushing her away because one day dorothea is gonna come back and we're gonna and i'm gonna have the life i've always wanted and now he's in his 30s and he's like i've been wasting my time waiting for this woman and 
like he's just done reaching out across the sea. Dorothy is on the other side of the country. She put a whole country between the two of them by moving from Mississippi to LA. Like this is this letter is her reaching out across the Midwest is known as like the sea of green or whatever. Like that's a whole literary thing, but it's fake and it's also necessary. They barely saw each other as it was. He doesn't need to be friends, nor does he want it. But Dorothea herself wants the comfort of knowing that she hasn't completely lost him. And he's like, no, that's you did though. You did though. Yeah. Like, I think like you said before, the song is very generic in theme, but these specific lines do fit rather nicely. I think, yeah, you could cherry pick anything and it'll work, but I mean, it did, and I did. Um, <laughs> so the next one and the last song that I think is tied to this is Coney Island. So I am less confident about this one. I'm not, it's not a definitive, but if it is part of the story, it could be another Dorothea point of view, and it could be, I think it takes place after closure, after she sent the letter, after she got no response. It could be Dorothea thinking over her past and the various degrees of relationship, whether it was hot and heavy as a child that sounded weird uh <laughs> hot uh, like like a very like passionate relationship as teenagers to it's slowly dwindling as they're uh separate but still together things along those lines thinking about all the different like aspects of their relationship and as like i said especially after she sent this letter for closure and not hearing from him after her visit during the holidays here she knows whatever it was is completely gone and she finally realizes it's her fault not his. I think this is the the part where she's the oldest she's been in the story and she filed for flex and she's able to understand, hey, I may have messed up, which is good. A redemption arc, maybe. Uh, so a couple of lines make me think maybe just maybe this is vaguely from Dorothea and her ex-lover's POV. I do think with the with Matt and her and Taylor singing, you do get a both. You kind of get. The, I think this is the finale. Like I think this is the finale to the uh, to the story. Uh, if I can't relate to you, who am I related to? Is one of the first lines in the song, sung by Taylor, sung by Dorothea. Uh, Tis the season harps on the fact that the only person Dorothea has ever felt close to on an emotional level was her old hometown. The only soul who can tell what smiles I'm faking. She she's shown she has no she none of her friends. They're all so called friends in in L.A. No one's close to her. So if he's gone, if he's really out of there, who else can she relate to? Who else is there? She is no one. Um, did I close my fist around something delicate? Did I shatter you? Tis the damn season is also all about Dorothea thinking she's hurting herself by leaving her old flame. She doesn't think of him. And the heart I know I'm breaking is my own. We can call it even. Why? What? Again, what did he do to you? Uh, there's an ache in you put there by the ache in me. Like all of these lines... It, this song feels like Dorothy is finally thinking about how her actions affected him, just herself. I'm sitting on a bench in Coney Island, Coney Island, coastal city, coastal town. Another weird, uh, weird connection. Sorry for you not making you my centerfold. This is another thing I think that really points to it, is Dorothea realizing that she put leaving her hometown and becoming famous above the one thing that truly loved and cared for her. And she put the wrong thing in her centerfold. He knows it. He knows he was never number one in her life. He knows fame and fortune was getting out was, was, but he always put her as number one in his. And she's realizing that she didn't reciprocate. 
over and over, lost again with no surprises, disappointment, close your eyes. This shows that Dorothea has consistently played with her old flame, visiting on holidays, sparking things up only to leave them and hurt him again. She's realizing how bad she was and why he finally cut her out. Yeah, especially the line, disappointments, close your eyes. That kind of reminds me of, I can't dare to dream about you anymore. Like, it's just at this point, you know, just shut your eyes. I can't, I can't think about this anymore. Yeah, yeah. So then, like I said, I think Matt plays the old flame. uh, So we get his perspective. It's interesting. The line that he gives is, what's a lifetime of achievement if I pushed you to the edge? It sounds like this could be a line that Dorothea would sing, honestly. Uh, but I think it does work for both. I think like him saying like, well, what's your lifetime of achievement? And I push, I pushed you to it. I said, go chase your dreams. Uh, and, and you left me and I, what's my lifetime achievement? I don't even have the one thing I've been trying to get for my life. And then the one that this is where, when you argue with me, uh, but you were too polite to leave me. She, she was just too polite to not to do anything. Like both of them were mm-hmm. really like, like you said, they were there. He, Dorothea also didn't end things. She would have, she was completely fine with just like keeping him along. Mm-hmm. He, and she was, she kept him, uh, kept him on a string the entire time. Uh, and then he finally ended things. So then Taylor comes in and I think this is the, is this the chorus or the bridge? Uh, she says, this is, um, Right before the chorus, I think. The pre-chorus. Will you forgive my soul when you're too wise to trust me and too old to care? This is, again, referencing how Dorothea would get away with leading him on so many times until he was finally wise enough not to trust her and too old to even care to talk to her, which is why he ignored the letter from Closure. Uh, We then get... Because we were like the mall before the internet. It was the one place to be. The mischief, the gift wrap, suburban dreams. Sorry for not winning you an arcade dream uh, ring. There is a lot to unpack here. Number one, the mall is a destination in, in the town from August and James. Uh, it's again, ties it back to that story, which makes me think this is a, another trilogy. Like this isn't part of the story because mm-hmm. she uses a landmark that's in this whole universe that she's created. Um, the mischief she speaks in Dorothea, the antics of her saying skipping prom just to piss off your mom and her pageant schemes. So there are like some antics that are going on mischief that's happening. Sorry for not winning you an arcade ring could be the old flame saying he's sorry he didn't propose before she left. Maybe indicating that remorseful thinking if he had, maybe she would have stayed. If you don't ask me to stay from Tis the Damn Season, confirmed it was an ultimatum. She would have gotten married, but he didn't want her to give up her dream. So she took that as a rejection by him not asking her and she left. Could that tie up to champagne problems, do you think? No. I'd have to think about that. I'd have to think about that too. I, I don't know. I don't think she would do like another, like when with the love triangle spanning, like the entirety of the album. I don't yeah. think, I don't think that no. fits here either. We see how that worked out with folklore. Yeah. When she explained the whole album when we went, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's very separate. Okay. So the last line uh, that I'll talk about for this entire theory, then we'll close uh, is that I think is the most poignant is when I walked up to the podium, I think I forgot to say your name, Taylor Dorothea saying it this bridge feels like a reference to all of Taylor's exes. In fact, when I started looking through all the lyrics on this song, it felt like there were a million references to Taylor's discography in this song. It felt like another, my tears ricochet almost, but 
if this isn't, I think Calvin Harris who for, who didn't thank her for something. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. it's not that, I mean, Dorothy is a famous actress or famous star. She won an award. The one person she cared about the most, she didn't thank. And he saw that and was like, so I don't mean that much. And she's starting to put it all together. I think he also, there's another, like the line with uh, when, when I got into the accident, the, you're the first thing I saw or whatever could be yeah. the, the lo- like just another, like just another story that the lover has of like, he got into an accident and he realized like this. Yeah. You're the one that I care about the most. You're always been the one I care about the most. Um, there's a lot that could that could tie to it. This is all that I found. It was an entire weekend of work and nine pages. Uh, thanks, Devin. She helped me pull some stuff too. Um, do, do you have any questions? Do you have any thoughts? What are your What are your closing? I I I have one question. I have one closing question that I think we can perfectly wrap up on. Joe, who hurt you? <laughs> That's all I want to know. Honestly, myself. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is a this is a big theory that I have a big Dora theory. Um, I had so much fun researching this and writing it all out. Uh, like I said, I've seen other people do it. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts, if you noticed a line that I might have missed, if you think there's another song that you found a bunch of connections that could tie into these songs, definitely let us know. Shoot us a DM. Leave a comment. If you like what you hear. Be sure to give us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us bump up uh, our viewership. And tell a friend about us. The fastest way to grow this podcast is for you to share it with your fellow Swifty friends. Yes, and make sure to follow us on social media. We're most active on our Instagram, We Need to Calm Down Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to see our lovely faces, make sure to put on the notification bell. Leave us a comment. We love interacting with everyone who listens. If you guys have a suggestion for an episode that you want to hear from, if you have a theory that you saw somewhere that you want us to do a deep dive on, something that you saw from Evermore you just want to hear about, uh, leave us a comment or DM. We love hearing these suggestions, and a lot of them get made into real episodes. Aside from that, thank you for listening. We will see you next Typical Tuesday. Come back. We'll be here.